0: Right, okay, let's try this again. <laughs> right, well, this is the second time in Getting better Acquainted's history where I have lost a conversation and um, we're starting again. But what I'm going to try and do is think of it like, because it was a really good conversation, I want to go over some of the stuff again. But also, I guess the trick is to not be disappointed that it's different. To no, let's, of ex- course let's embrace not. the fact that it's different. It'll
1: be better than the last time. Uh, Hello,
0: I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today, we're getting better acquainted with Ever again for me. Uh, yeah. Hello Ever.
1: Hello again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well... So let's treat the first conversation as if it was kind of like background reading for me so I can kind of go straight into the points that I had to kind of feel around to find because we don't know each other very well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so now we know what to say, exactly. Yeah,
0: well, you were nervous before we started and when we got into it, it, went, it flowed really, really well.
1: Now I'm very much chilled, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can so go, good. go straight so yeah, the point. So yeah, we're going straight
0: in, relaxed. I'm relaxed as well. Yeah, so how do you know me?
1: I know you through Stand-Up Tragedy, (laughs) um, which you advertised on my Drama Society group looking for some PR person slash person to promote Stand-Up Tragedy. So I got back to you because I thought it would be a nice thing to do, a bit arty, and I did used to do some drama slash acting stuff, so I thought it would be a good thing to get involved with and some experience on my CV. So yeah and it's been fun since it has (laughs)
0: been fun you've been really good and as I was saying on the last conversation the standard of the students who've come in and got involved in Stand Up Tragedy has been really high and I've been really impressed Um, and you also brought in and I'll plug him early on in the show this time so people really who get bored they, 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 they'll hear about him but uh, one of your flatmates is an artist called Liam who yes. uh, we had on the night
1: you should definitely go to uk because <laughs> yeah. he's amazing
0: the first time we did that like I started the URL and never finished it, it was really cool oh sorry for you're, not you're, 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 no 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 you're, 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 you know they just miss out that's their problem um so yeah and Liam's work is really good and he does live art and he's been really impressive and he lives and, with
1: me which is a blessing really <laughs> yeah
0: and, and what you were saying about him like last time was like how like det- how he much is determination really, he's really really
1: driven and passionate about his art and he really works very hard for what he has and yeah. who he is right now as an artist which is really inspiring to see him wake up every day and go do it and go try it and um, I feel really lazy next to him I feel like I'm not doing anything with my life even though I kind of am but still next to Liam everyone feels like a waste of space
0: <laughs> but you are doing stuff with your life and that was one of the things I was saying like I'm impressed like when I was I'm actually I'm, I don't know if I'm right about that so it's quite good that we're recording this again in a way because I, I think actually when I was your age I was like founding a theatre company and like uh, taking the show to Edinburgh and stuff like that so I don't know why I've got it in my head see exactly I, I wasn't doing anything uh, when you were describing Liam working really hard, I was thinking probably Jen would say like I was like that at uni when she was like uh, sleeping in. I yeah. would be up and working and doing stuff. So I guess that's uh, it's good to be able to correct my own mistake in the past. Yeah. Don't
1: be so hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah,
0: well that's what I'm learning. But the yeah, so you and you're a student and you're studying PR.
1: Yes, I am. Um, God knows why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and like. For you, like, uh, okay, so, yeah, you're you're sort of one of the things you're working out at the moment is like what kind of PR to do.
1: Yes, I'm trying to try out different things. And um, so I've done the stand up tragedy, which was kind of on the arty side. Plus it's events promotion, which is a completely different story to some other stuff that people do. It is kind of tough. <laughs> it is not an easy thing to... is isn't an easy thing to do. And now I'm trying to do some stuff with a charity which is called Volunteer Centre Westminster uh, where people from who work, study or live in Westminster can find volunteer volunteering opportunities for themselves which are suited to what they're interested in or to their schedules. Um, yeah, so that... I don't know. I felt like working for a charity would give me more sense in what I'm doing because... Obviously, it's for a good purpose, but it is not, again, not an easy thing to do because a lot of people just don't care (laughs) and you're trying to make them listen, and it's not that easy. And you have to have a really defined story behind you, which if a charity hasn't had a PR person as an employee before, because obviously they're on a tight budget with the cuts and everything, especially they're on a tight budget. Um, when you come in and you start from scratch and you don't have anything to base on, you're kind of thinking there should have been a person before me to build up a case study library or whatever or like a database something of this sort so that I could just go out there and speak to journalists because it just takes so long to get there. <laughs> but it is rewarding at times, so I'm glad I did that.
0: And you've been trying out like you've been you've been trying out those two options. You uh, have been doing dance and stuff, not dance, uh, more theatre. Theatre, theater, yeah. yeah. You've been doing theatre and stuff like that, which is something you did when you were at school.
1: Yeah, that was back home in Poland. I was in a theatre group, which was pretty much like my second family, and it was amazing to be involved in that. And um, we did sort of like very... I still can't explain it. It's very... Um... Not too much talking on stage, more movement and lights and music and working with that. Not really to an extent to call it dance. We sang quite a lot as well. It was more symbolic and kind of all about the metaphor, not a very straightforward way of expressing stuff. So we wanted the audience to kind of get involved and try to think of what we're trying to say, not just sit there, sit back and watch.
0: And that was, like, outside of school, yeah. Definitely,
1: yeah, because at school in Poland, you can't do arts. You can't get involved in performing arts or any other sorts of arts because up until the age of 18, everyone learns the same thing. Yeah. And everyone gets the basic knowledge and very academic stuff,
0: yeah. And what, I mean, what, so, and... I mean, so in the last conversation that we did, we sort of, uh, we, we, I mean, you took me through uh, the political history of, of <laughs> Poland and, and all sorts of things, which were Very briefly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, um, But, um, like, one of the big things about Poland and about your kind of background is that Poland is a Catholic country, yeah? Or yes. ha- has become a Catholic country.
1: It's always been a Catholic country and it has become even more embedded in the society because of the tragic history that we've had and how Catholic Church was involved in regaining independence in different stages so when Poland didn't exist in the 19th century Catholic Church was the place to regain Polish identity and to remain Polish when Poland didn't exist and then during the Second World War obviously the Church was kind of the last bastion of being polish as well plus then the communism and the socialism came along so it was like a massive national fight against the communists who were trying to stop and like to secularize the society and everyone was like no catholic church is what we are so it kind of stayed nowadays as well and a lot of rights and a lot of um the whole law the whole of um coming of age kind of celebrations, the whole society is based around Catholic Church, which is, which is frustrating
0: for some people. That's right, you being one of them.
1: Yeah, me being one of them, which does sort of leave me out of some stuff. Um, unless you've got a really, really radical parent who keep you out of it, um, there's no way of you not being Catholic at some stage in your life in Poland, because if you go to school, you've got religion lessons the whole duration of your education. You go to first communion when you're eight, so in the second year of your school, you go to first communion. Now they're changing it to the third year. I don't know how that makes much difference, but apparently it does. Um, So you go to first communion and all the girls wear pretty dresses and all the boys wear pretty suits and you go to first communion and you get gifts. So obviously as an eight year old, you don't want to miss out. (laughs) And at religion lessons, if you, opt out for religion lessons you have to just sit somewhere at school with the supervision of a teacher which is not the nicest thing to do when all the other kids are having fun and singing songs about Jesus um (laughs) so yeah and um then getting married married in Poland is also a church thing I have never been to a wedding which was not in a church ever I don't know anyone who got married outside of a church unless they've been divorced and they couldn't because he can't get married twice in Catholic church, right?
0: And did like did you ever? Because I didn't ask you this in the first conversation, so it's good to uh, mix it up. So, like, did you ever believe in God?
1: Well, I am nineteen right now. Yeah. And I think since I've become sort of conscious of what I think and wasn't just taking things because also the power of church is the tone in which it speaks so it's very authoritative and it kind of gives you the truth you think is the truth when you're 8 year old, 10 year old 13 year old it's yeah it, it's quite hard to escape, escape it yeah and um, somehow when I got to a certain age I was just like well, hang on <laughs> do I actually think that Is it actually what I think or is it just something that someone told me? And at that point, also there were some personal um, reasons behind it, to be honest. But that was because of also my circle of friends and people that I could talk to to about that. Um, And a couple of my teachers, it kind of struck me (laughs) that I don't. (laughs) So I wouldn't say, have I ever believed in God? I think I have, but that was kind of like believing in santa
0: right
1: and i grew out of it
0: right okay i think so and you didn't did you have a moment where you realized that god didn't exist or did you just it just like slide away
1: yeah um i it kind of have i confirmation is another thing that you do when you're um an adult and you want to become a proper member of the catholic church right like a conscience conscious member of catholic church I did that and the moment I did that it kind of struck me <laughs> so when the wow. bishop of my area was putting his finger on my forehead doing sign of a cross I was like that doesn't even make sense man <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here wow.
0: like,
1: and then yeah, it's the whole ceremony around it and um, also it was very formal like the run-up to it you had to go to church with a little book like which the priest had to sign after a mass to prove that you've been there and um, all that stuff which I didn't do I didn't go to church I just pretended like I've lost it and because of my (laughs) friend who now went on to become a priest he was very involved in the church which I went to so he kind of confirmed my story to everyone else saying yeah yeah she lost it I I know that I know I'm her friend so they let me do it but it was completely pointless it was completely pointless and that kind of like yeah.
0: It's like the religious. Confirmed it for me. It's like the religious equivalent of like uh, the moment that you get the wedding ring on your finger, realizing you don't want to be with that person. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, let's get tied up with church. Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> I don't really want to. But signing out of church is really hard and I don't really have the energy for it. So I am a member of church, well, a very proper member of Catholic Church.
0: And it, when, you know, when we're talking about Catholicism in. Uh, Poland it is cultural as well yes. as uh, as well as like it's like the whole of the culture yeah If when right? you asked
1: me last time if <coughs> my parents are Catholic it's kind of a weird question because I don't know if my parents believe in God I don't know if they believe in everything the Catholic Church says but it's kind of like inappropriate not to be Catholic in Poland right. You're not a member of community if you're not Catholic. You
0: were, describing, you were saying, like, everywhere you go... Everywhere crosses, you go, there's crosses go. in
1: houses, there's crosses in the streets, there's monuments with our lovely Polish Pope. The Pope, and
0: yeah. They, 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 there's a lot of kind of Pope worship, you there, There's say. Pope <laughs> cult, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, it's like that in Ireland, I think. If you Some go people
1: Ireland. think that Pope made communism fall. That was his, you know, his work. He made communism fall. The Pope. Yes.
0: Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he was chosen by the God. And you said, like, you were saying as well, like, that, like, in Poland, like, there was a kind of romanticised radicalism, like, nationalism. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say nationalism. It's very embedded in our culture as well, because of the history and because of what you learn at school, like, the whole 18th century, half of 19th century Plus, the whole of the Second World War is all about how people went and sacrificed their lives for our country and how they all died and all the uprisings were lost by Polish people. But they did make sense because we wanted to show the world that we care, such as the Warsaw Uprising, which is very controversial because people just decided to fight against the Germans who had lots of ammunition and guns and everything that you need to fight against people. And we had... Hammers, (laughs) Hammers <laughs> and um they just decided to die, and this is why this is how Warsaw got destroyed during the war because some people decided to show Stalin that he can't have Poland as a part of the Soviet Union, which maybe worked, maybe that's why we weren't a part of Soviet Union, but it did destroy Warsaw and made two million people die so
0: right. Yeah, Think of that. It's, 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 a it's a tough just one. And it kind of
1: remains nowadays because people somehow feel like you have to fight against the Western culture because it's destroying our national identity. Because of all the times that Poland has been invaded, it kind of seems like we have to defend ourselves in our little bubble and we have to stay there. So there's surprisingly, well, definitely less than here, um, discussions against European Union and how those guys didn't save us during the war let's not talk to them <laughs> Right. kind of thing so the east is bad because of communism the west is bad because of
0: no one helped us during the war and how do you feel about western culture because i mean i guess the second question i ask is what do you do now and what you do now is you're a student
1: i am uh, and a you're
0: doing pr but you're a student in london doing pr yes. so you're in western culture yes and your your country doesn't like Western culture. You're saying, well,
1: no, or no, has a
0: complicated relationship with Western culture.
1: No, there's there's some people that don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people who uh, aspire to Western culture as well. I'm sure yeah, that's exactly. One yeah, of the it's that's kind going of like
1: on. yeah, it's it's divided. Also, a thing I said in the previous conversation was that we, during communism, we were against the government. Like the whole country was against the government because of. The nature of the government and how it wasn't ours, ours, it wasn't people ruling people, it was people against the government and then we kind of jumped from that to the westernised not caring at all about politics and being living our own lives and not having community and community was a very important thing during communism because you had to support each other to survive in a sense so when during like when we had coupons for food We had, I I say we had, I wasn't even born then, but yeah, Polish people had coupons for food. You had to support each other. So if someone had cows, they would give away milk to everyone else. And if someone had meat, let's share it. So they had to help each other. And then now it just somehow completely got destroyed. And it's a bit weird, like when I see my gran, she's a person from a completely different State of mind, different culture she 's kind of like
0: the grand who can 't know really. no this, oh, is this, gran. Gran. Okay. this is the different grand there 's the other
1: grand this is the grand that 's very modern and very open she 's kind of like when you go to the doctor, she speaks to everyone in the waiting room and when she 's on the public transport she 's kind of like helping out everyone and it's just she 's got this sense of community that I will never have i don 't think because when i live I lived with my grand for thirteen years of my life um, in the village. And I knew every single one of my neighbours. I knew everyone in the village. Everyone said hello to me. Everyone knew which family I was from. They didn't really... They weren't really fond of my mother because I was a child out of wedlock. (laughs) But (laughs) that didn't make any difference because everyone was kind of, like, supportive of each other. We had a fire in the house and the whole village just ran in to take all the stuff out just to save everything that was there, saving our cats and (laughs) all that stuff. So you kind of felt the support and then I moved out to the city and I don't know names of my neighbours, I don't know who they are, I don't know, I never spoke to them, I say hello, but that's it. It's the same in London really, but it's, it's everywhere
0: right. and
1: somehow I feel like people from the previous generation back home have that sense of, very strong sense of community, of helping each other out against the government
0: again. And you'd like to have more community back in, in, into Poland, would you?
1: I think that would be good, but I don't think people have the same state of mind. I don't think it can be so it reintroduced. So can't go back to the same place. Yeah, no, no, no. I think people are doing well for themselves, so they don't need it that much. Okay. Because that was kind of a necessity but, back then.
0: I mean, because one of the things that we were talking about in the in the last conversation is that like you're deciding what you're going to do PR for, and one of the things you're considering is going back to Poland and doing PR for... Uh, politi- for, well, for non-governmental political organisations.
1: Yeah, because as I said, I do care about politics, and obviously some things kind of annoy me in here, and some things make me, oh, yeah, sigh with disgust. <laughs> but
0: it's somebody else's place. It's somebody's el-
1: yeah. somebody else's place, and I still feel like I'm a visitor here, and I will one day live back there. I don't know. I, I don't know if I will, but it just somehow feels as though I care more back home because it's my country. Well, you
0: were saying anyway that... that, that, I mean, one of the things you were talking about in the last conversation was you were saying that, like, a lecturer gave a a talk to you about, you know, how bad things were in the UK. After war,
1: um, it was a lecture on post-war history, and (laughs) he started going on about how little Americans were affected by the war and how much UK was affected by the war. And I was just thinking to myself what are you talking about? And that, not even mentioning Jewish people, but then you've got Poland where you lost like 40% of the population and pretty much the whole country was completely destroyed and in ruins, whereas the front didn't even get to the UK. I get you had bombings. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But we had bombings and two armies and concentration camps. Sure.
0: Sure. That kind of, kind of Uprising hor- Horrific top trumps Yeah
1: yeah. It's kind of sad That I'm trying to argue how About how How horrible It was for us But you well, know it's
0: about But it's about Different people's Kind of frames of reference Like yeah. what we what, what, It's like It's like Affluent people Who moan about things And if yeah. you haven't Got very much money You're like Oh god For god's sake Stop moaning about that You don't understand But then there's somebody else Who's homeless on the street Yeah exactly you know? and, and And so it's all relative But I mean, I guess Poland's got a lot more kind of. It's a culture that you've grown up in, and of course you would want to to change that. Culture. But also, it's 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 got a lot more kind of problems, I guess. Like yeah. to, to get stuck into in some ways, I guess.
1: I do think so. Well, it's got different problems to say yeah. that. I do think that you feel as though Poland's still going forward when you're there like things are looking up like everyone's quite optimistic about how we're building stuff right now and how we get all this money from European Union thank you <laughs> European Union and um how yeah we build roads stadiums and all of that and changing our trains and every time I go home I see some improvement and here it does yeah for me moans about British society is kind of like moaning of an affluent person right being like I'm bored <laughs> this is not fine, this is not enough. <laughs> right. With, like, unemployment being, like, 7% here and it's so awful because it's the highest ever and we've got 20 since I remember. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's just different problems. Obviously, obviously you've got immigration, thanks to us, amongst all. <laughs> but, yeah, well, it just touches me more when I talk about...
0: Well, I mean, people in the UK also need to remember that we don't just have immigration we have emigration and actually like it, it, what people say about immigration is ridiculous and i can only apologize for the,
1: <laughs> you don't the rest need of the country
0: to. but uh but i mean and we'll, and we'll certainly get into a bit of that later on again <laughs> uh because we i remember saying this the first time around we'll get into that later let's stop um,
1: mentioning that let's just pretend like it never happened again okay?
0: yeah i know but it's all it's like i don't know it's kind of been useful i've been kind of Pleased so far that we've been getting kind of bits of that, but then new bits. Yeah. Kind of nice. Talking about new bits. I mean, so from the first conversation, I think I know that the last time you went to uh, kind of a church situation, a Catholic situation, was the funeral of my granddad. Other, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. One of your grandparents, your granddad's funeral. Um, and it sounds like your grandparents have been quite, in- like the different sides have been quite in- yeah. inspirational. Um or like in, not necessarily inspirational, but uh, influential. That's yes, the, that's the well, one
1: my one of my grands is completely open to anything and is very tolerant and she just seems like she just wants to hear people's stories and she doesn't really care who they are. And the other one is a very good person <laughs> it's very welcoming and very warm and lovely, but if I told her that I don't believe in Jesus Christ, she would probably slap me in the face. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, that was the granddad on that side who, right. whose funeral it was. And it was kind of, <laughs> I felt really out of place. Obviously, it was, it was really well, a horrible thing to be in a funeral anyway, but with all those forms and kind of the pressure from my family to pray for him to go to heaven, which I don't believe in, it's yeah. kind of like a putting on a show just to please everyone else. Rather than making your own peace with the fact that someone died. Sure. So it was a bit silly. But I don't know. It was good, to, obviously, just the sense of being with your family at that point and just being anything your family needs you to be. So you do that anyway. Yeah.
0: So it was fine. Well, that's the thing about funerals. It's like, with I, the ones I've been to, it's 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 like... You want to have your own experience, but you're also there for the other people, and so you do make compromises in order to, in order to be there for the people who. who Definitely. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you're two sort of two sorts of sides of your your grandparents, like (laughs) two sorts of sides of Poland. You've got like kind of forward, like looking, like. you, you said your other grandparent, uh, grandmother works in Germany. Yeah, she, she does. Yeah, she
1: like, She speaks German fluently and she's kind of like, she passed a driver's licence test when she was 50 and quit smoking after 40 years of smoking at some point in her life. Wow. She does Nordic walking <laughs> and she's just this like really active woman and she's very inspiring in that sense as well, that she never, she's not a very well-educated person but I've never met anyone who reads as much as her which is really really great and my great-grand from that side as well so my grandma's mother she used to tell me all those stories about war and about how the the, the German army first went through a village but that was okay and she was in a working camp for Germans not concentration camps she was just like digging holes. And she was telling me about how, how she saw a woman get, getting shot in front of everyone for as an example for everyone else not to escape. And then the Soviet army came from the other side and they were raping girls in her village. So she was hiding. And then she was telling me about her father. She's never, she only had primary school education because obviously the yeah. war came along. But again, I've never met a person who read as much as her and her father had a library in the village, like a mobile ra- library, borrowing, lending books to people. And it's just really kind of like it just teaches you how you shouldn't judge people and where they come from. Yeah. And the other side of my family who are very much Catholic. I don't know that much of those stories even though we lived very close but I yeah, I'm not this close to that side of the family. And um, yeah, my granddad is from Belarus he doesn't even know, he didn't even know how old he was when he died because he got moved from a country to another lost his birth certificate no one ever told him and she, he just didn't know so that was kind of fun <laughs> Jesus. didn't yeah they just made up his birth date oh, at yeah. some point um yeah and everyone suspected that he was actually older than everyone thought he was okay, ah. so okay. It, was, it was
0: easy to make those kind of mistakes i guess yeah um in the whole craze of war so that generation like went through the. The hardest times yes your, your parents generation went through the whole communism changeover right and then changed to the west yeah
1: yeah they well my mum was twenty. no 17 yes when the first elections came along and when the berlin war fell and all that wow so she saw all of that as What's going on? I don't know. I can't imagine being in her situation. What she says, though, is that she was a bit too young because a lot of people made, well, set up businesses on the first wave of capital- capitalism, made a lot of money, and she was too young for that. So she kind of missed the first
0: okay, yeah, she big the craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then, well, she's a teacher now, which is not a very good profession back home. My mum earns less as a teacher monthly than I do as a waitress here. Obviously, the currency is different and all of that, but she couldn't afford rent in how like a normal flat back home. She just couldn't. Wow. Teachers are very, very, very much
0: screwed back home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the system that they're teaching in, as well, is very formalized. You were saying about that. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, they from the age of seven till the age of 18 everyone uh, learns the same things so if you don't fit in and you're not kind of good with general knowledge learning that kind of stuff then you don't really know what to do with yourself yeah and a lot of people find themselves very much lost in the whole system plus then at the end of it all of your future or the university plans depend on one day when you've got an exam and the admissions to university don't take into account anything else apart from this one exam. Wow. So it doesn't matter whether you've done volunteering, whether you've done work experience, no one ever looks at it. There's no
0: coursework element or anything? No. Wow. It's
1: just this one, one day. So if you screw that up, you have to stay in your hometown for another year and try again.
0: Wow. You're a student in this country... Uh, and you have been experiencing it but as we as we've touched on off well when before when they did, couldn't hear um you've sort of been in a kind of artistic bubble
1: yes yeah, so you asked me about how I experienced the differences in the society here and in, in Poland and I said I couldn't tell because yeah. I for the first year of uni I just lived in um In this closed bubble of university halls and university right next to them, with in media arts and design school, so arty people, creative people, musicians, artists, designers, all that, all those sorts of people, journalists, yeah. So it was kind of just, I just met a very large variety of different characters which I've never seen before, so it teaches you a lot of tolerance for things that you never even thought could exist. And yeah, you kind of try to ex- experiment for the first bit and then you realise you are still the same person who came to the UK and you go back to your own little comfort zone, I suppose. Well, it
0: sounds like you've been having a kind of finding yourself year, trying out lots oh, of yeah, things. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, I do feel as though now I'm kind of more stable because um, I've lived in a four bedroom house for a year now really um, That's right. and it does seem a bit more like a um, small family small group of friends kind of thing less of a craze of meeting a thousand people every day and yeah. not never seeing their face again which was that did um, stop me from being homesick a lot because <laughs> I didn't have time for it, it was just going out coming back sleeping going to uni going out coming back sleeping going to uni yay no the first year was fun and the second year was more about trying to do
0: something more useful than just going out every night yeah I mean that yeah I guess that's how it was for me like I say I think I at the like end of my maybe like the, actually at the end of the first term I set up a theatre company I think Crazy. But I think, yeah, in the second year, it, was, it definitely became like, the stakes became a little bit higher. And yeah,
1: that's what it feels like. Because yeah. the, the first year doesn't count towards a final grade in my uni, so do, you yeah. kind of don't even great. care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to do an internship in the first year and failed miserably because it was for a fashion PR company and I hated, hated it with passion. And Why? Just, I... Can't try to be cool every day. <laughs> it just—it's just too tiring. You can do it once or twice, and you can see how you know designers can be artists and all of that crap. But <laughs> when it comes to the point when you have to take pictures of clothes every day, and everyone just looks at you and judges you so much, you just no, yeah, just not for me. I, I do why. understand how people want to do it,
0: but no. <laughs> no, I, I, it wouldn't be my cup of tea. But then <laughs> Not surprising, I guess, in some ways. uh Yeah, although I guess there are probably 31 year old men with beards working in the fashion industry. Well, not of gonna course! Be, but, yeah.
1: the, my boss was around 30 and a oh, the beard. Go. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: fashionable now by accident. Everyone's copied me, I feel. Yeah, exactly. I had a beard before people You're hip. got hip. You're yeah. hip. <laughs> um, and yeah, so. You're like yeah you are the youngest person that the currently who has been on this show. Wow. Um <laughs> do I get a prize? Uh, no, you don't <laughs> unfortunately. Um taking taking your your fellow uh, stand-up tragedy team mem- members kind of a uh, trophy away from her. Yes. Uh and you know like you're 19 years old and you're quite kind of politically aware and politically active and you were saying earlier on <laughs> when they couldn't hear you that uh y- you know it's not that common particularly in poland to be that way i don't think it's common
1: anywhere right now no, I, it's wouldn't, not. I wouldn't it's say not. It's i wouldn't call myself
0: active active to be is the wrong word as yeah. well, probably interest i
1: would like to be active at something yeah yeah, life. I talk, I talk
0: a good talk, but what am I doing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it kind of makes you feel guilty sometimes. But as you said well, before, too. you're kind of idealistic at this point of your life when you're 19 and you think you can change the world. Yeah. And I do sometimes um, feel like I'm naive for thinking that, but I still want to try. And um, yeah, you I'm more, as I've said before, I'm more passionate about Polish politics so if I ever want to do that, that would be back home. And there's lots of more things that I want to change back home, which is the whole church involvement yeah. and women's rights, gay rights. Yeah, that's about it, I think. That, those are the things that makes, make me angry, very angry. And I did find people in my high school to talk to um, about that stuff and who shared my views in, in a sense, but it's not really common like it's not something that you talk about with a beer at a party yeah
0: I mean I think that was my experience I don't think there was that many people talking about politics but I did have a few people around me growing up that that I could talk to you
1: just have to know who to turn to Yeah, (laughs) you sort of
0: find each other yeah exactly Liam's
1: one of those people right now for me he, he likes it and he listens to my rants about Polish stuff which is kind of rare no one really cares so I'm like Liam When they change something or they try to pass a law to ban abortion completely, even if it's rape, then I'm like, listen to me, people. Yeah. Um, But they didn't manage to do that,
0: so that's good. (laughs) You still can't do it, really, but... And you were saying there was a woman's party, but it doesn't even get to, like, even get on the ballot papers.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a new initiative, and it's like a new feminist movement, but I do feel like media attention in Poland, like, the whole media front is very much against it, and more people, like, when I see Facebook comments underneath articles about, like, the... um, any of, like, manifestation of that they all like, oh, they're just sexually frustrated or stuff like completely out of the blue. And I just feel so angry. And i re- responded a couple of times, but you know how you respond on Facebook in this like haze of being really, really, really angry. Yeah. And then you don't even want to <laughs> read the comments underneath it because you know it's just going to be a massive storm against you. Yeah, I've learned a lot about um, intra- internet hatred recently because <laughs> I had um, um, a project for uni when I had to somehow publicise or, yeah, publicise University of Westminster and try to make it a bit more popular on the web. Um, So I targeted Polish people who wanted to come and study in London and I I did um, two YouTube videos, like webcam videos of myself saying like 10 English words that you never learn at school and um, the other one was 10 things that you have to do while you're studying in London. And one of them somehow got to this like weird... It's kind of like dem- demotivational, kind of that that sort of website. It's it's a bit okay. weird, and um, there were lots of comments of people just talking about my eyebrows, Jesus. <laughs> being like, "Whoa, she should do something about this." Oh, and fuck, I was like, fuck "What the, are you?" Fuck those
0: people. <laughs> yeah, you've it's got cool eyebrows funny. anyway, but like <laughs> Thank irrelevant. You.
1: No, yeah, exactly. I, I I didn't really take that personally or anything, but it's a bit. It's a funny story, you know. to Tell people with yeah, a page, know. like
0: what's going on in the world that's amazing you have have, nothing I would else to not talk about. have predicted that suddenly you would get loads of like comments about your eyebrows <laughs> that is weird it uh, is apart weird. from anything else y- yeah I mean would you just desc- would you would you define yourself as a feminist I guess
1: yes to cool. an extent yes I just yes <laughs> yeah I do want You're, to uh,
0: you, yeah there seems to be a there's some kind of element to th- that you're uncomfortable with though when you're saying
1: this yeah um I just really think I should know more about this and ah, I really okay. want to have more knowledge behind it to say that I definitely am
0: all right well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, put I'm not gonna like uh quiz you but, like use you as the face of feminism but, like <laughs> I, I I mean I define myself as a feminist uh, I do think I do think I would think like I to say can, that
1: but, yeah but yeah I don't think I'm it's silly to say, but I don't think I deserve to because I don't think I could be in a d- debate with someone against me and
0: defend it properly. Yeah, well, I, you, it's, you don't. It's not about being deserving to be a feminist. You're I just, know. Like, it's,
1: what...
0: it's not really deserves the wrong word. I know what you mean. I don't you don't think... want to. You don't want to sort of like you, you. You don't know enough about the arguments behind the political yes, movements exactly. to want to use them like to, to have the ammunition to yeah. like, fight back against those arguments. I guess.
1: Plus, I don't, yeah, I'm more concerned about what's going on here, like, in back home, obviously, and slash in the UK, like, gender inequalities and, like, boards of companies and, like, generally in professional situations, rather than, like, worldwide Arab countries, that kind of stuff. I don't really know much about that. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I feel a bit silly for that.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely I mean, the big global feminist issues are going to be different from the exactly. uh, local ones. So
1: yeah. I definitely know more about the local things. And probably, again, because I just care about them more because I'm here.
0: But the personal is the political is one of the big yeah, feminist exactly. uh, slogans. And like your personal feelings about the Catholic Church and stuff uh, sounds pretty much along a pretty sound feminist lines, <laughs> to be honest, from what we've talked about. But uh, but no, I didn't ask you that the first time round. So I thought I'll ask you that this time. You are also, as you've touched on, you're a waitress or a waiter. We had this whole thing <laughs> the first time round where I said it wrong and then got. We're talking about no, feminism. Yeah, I'm a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. No, 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 no and that's yeah. I basically used the wrong phrase and then admonished myself for a while. <laughs> but yeah, you're a waiter, and you're a yes. Polish waiter, as I said the first time round.
1: Yes. How typical. Yeah, and I'm not the only Polish waiter in the restaurant I work in. <laughs> Which has caused some situations. I don't. I work in Pinner, which is northwest London suburbs. Well, right. it is London, but it's really like a village um, of like a Daily Mail colony. I swear. <laughs> it's just yeah. Um, people are not really straightforward with that. It's just some very very extreme cases when they actually say something really inappropriate. Yeah. And plus, I can really quite very well hide behind my accent yeah. so even though they know I'm not from the UK they don't know where I'm from <laughs> so they kind of like I can't really say much because the hatred doesn't go towards anyone else <laughs> that's why I feel like I don't know The Spanish immigrants get that much uh stuff against I don't them. know
0: Polish immigrants are getting a particularly hard time in this country. I am not going to deny that, but we're pretty horrible to most, most immigrants. Of them. Now Romanians haven't really Like even hard. Americans have a bit of a hard time and, and, and like that's like, you know, uh, really weird because we yeah. like absorbing American culture in yeah. every way we can, but then we still like act Weird towards Americans when they come here. We're not very nice to a lot of people, <laughs> which is not to say that that's. A, I mean, that's a generalisation, same as yeah, people who generalise about uh, immigrants are. But, but, yeah, it's not easy. I don't think to be an immigrant in this country, um, and Polish immigrants are particularly high profile because of the fact that so many of you came when you joined Europe.
1: At the same time, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, And I mean, and, and I guess you you know from the point of view of some of the communities, it probably did feel like an invasion. Yeah. I mean, so what? Like it's new people, but, but 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 suddenly everybody around you speaks Polish or whatever. And I guess that that, that I, intimidated people. People who are already angry about other things, they want to find some people to blame. I think that's that's my. That's feeling how Nazis on
1: it. came along. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. Exactly. No, absolutely. <laughs> it, this is why it well, just like They are neo Nazis. The people America. who really hate the immigrants in this country are neo yeah, Nazis. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Um, it, yeah, I didn't really. <clears throat> I can't really say that I felt it that much. Yeah, well, because I was closing that bubble of students yeah, who were really open to everyone.
0: students. Yeah. And then you come, but the, the the one place you come across it is
1: is the restaurant. I'm going to tell this story again of a woman who came in with a reservation for six. Well, she thought she had a reservation for six and my colleague, who's Polish as well, but she's got a really strong accent, said that we don't actually have them on the sheet so we don't have a table at the moment because we were full but we will try to sort them out and she said she was going to speak to the manager but no the woman stormed through the restaurant straight into the office slammed the door open and, uh, and said one of your waitresses from the eastern block said I don't have a reservation for tonight and then I had to serve her but she was okay with me because she didn't know where I was from and I didn't she said I don't remember what she said but she like shot a country and I was like yes yes But it is kind of silly for me to not to admit that I'm Polish because people are discriminative. (laughs) I haven't experienced it that much. I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to generalize because I generally get a friendly response. So I can't really complain. But it does happen. And it is silly. And...
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a sort of sense of entitlement about that that woman's kind of uh, demands as well. It was like, I want a table, and the reason I haven't got a table is because of this woman from the Eastern Bloc. Eastern Bloc
1: kind of got me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I know. Um, And I think that's the thing. It's like, well, you haven't got a table. Why is it the fault of (laughs) not even a nation, a whole area of Europe? Why are you sort of angry with the area of Europe because you haven't got a table?
1: And it does give me, even though it hasn't happened to me really, it still gives me sometimes a bit of confidence issues because I don't, like, working in PR, I have to re- be really good with the language, one, two. It just sometimes feels like when you talk to someone you don't know, you're kind of self-conscious about, you about your accent, about the way you speak, about what they're going to think when they find out are they one of those are they not one of those and it sort of I wouldn't say it prevents me from doing stuff because I still do it and there's other reasons for me to be a bit not too confident because obviously I'm just starting to get into like the workplace kind of environment but this is one of the barriers and i do think there's a lot of people who have made careers here as polish people somehow and i just really admire them for their courage right this is one of the reasons i would go home because i feel like i would i would get rid of that
0: extra confidence that barrier. extra yeah. yeah it's kind of weird and is i mean then that's the, the thing i i guess you're sort of you you are young and you're going into these kind of pr situations i mean like does it like Is it easy for you? It doesn't sound like it is easy for you to do that. I mean, Yeah. Um, you're always very confident when you're at Stand Up Tragedy. <laughs> things, that's a bit different because we're sitting on the floor of the Royal Festival Hall. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I can be confident in the small group of people and I know they're... Well, not know them, but kind of feel confident around. Yeah. Well, we've been through a
0: couple of shows together. Yeah, together exactly.
1: Well, like. It just... I don't know. It just seems... Some, sometimes I feel like I'm not as entitled to certain things as other people are. Right. Because I'm Polish. I don't really have the right to speak my voice because I'm Polish. Right. And I don't know certain cultural... Yeah, that you don't have the keys to the, uh, yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I the don't, car of the culture. Yeah, yeah exactly, because I didn't grow up here. Like the moments when I just completely switch off in conversations is when people talk about things that they used to watch when they were kids <laughs> because I completely don't know them and um, some stuff that they read at school, although there's, there's, there is a couple of things that we did as well. Um, yeah, and then like some comedians that were famous when they were little and that kind of stuff. I just completely switch off because I have nothing to say about that. You can't just, like, catch up with 18 years of life
0: in a year. And even if someone describes to you what happened in it, that's not that interesting. It's quite good watching a programme. It's not great listening to a remembrance of a programme.
1: Yeah. I had that situation when someone started talking about Blue Peter and they were like, what? You don't know Blue Peter? And like, a complete outrage. And I was like, no. What am I
0: supposed to do? I've got other stuff that I can talk you about. And missed you out, th- I have have I mean, no idea. You have not missed out. Blue Peter is not, not, not that worthwhile as a <laughs> cultural reference point. There's, there's other things.
1: I'm sure there are. <coughs> I just don't know about it. But, but
0: I believe, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like, to... To be talking to somebody at a different time in their life I mean I think when you were talking about like not feeling confident going into situations like I didn't I didn't handle it that way I think what I did was was like arrogant like to the, like you know you, you can go two ways and like I would go in and be like the famous moment is when me and my girlfriend met each other for the first time I was on the floor, it's not famous, it's famous between me and my girlfriend, <laughs> okay. uh, I was like sitting on the floor reading The Guardian newspaper, of course, <laughs> uh, yeah I don't actually read The Guardian anymore in that kind of a way but I was young and uh, I, <laughs> I was like reading and it was like 8.30 in the morning, it's the first day of university, it's really early in the morning and we're at a creative writing seminar and there's all of these like kids I guess gathered around and uh, it's awkward no one's speaking and Jen says like oh well it's 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 early in the morning Uh, isn't it it's hard quite a hard time to be starting isn't it for the first day like just making polite conversation and I like pull down my uh, newspaper look kind of growl growl (laughs) scowl there you go scowl at her over the top of it and say I want to start every week with writing and then like back up goes the, <laughs> goes the newspaper I know what face. I'm talking about like, exactly what did. I know like I'm, I'm doing like it. <laughs> I was like I was there I'm like I'm gonna be me I'm gonna be I'm not, but it, I remember having like you know and, and that was a dickish move and I learned to be less of a dick as time went on but like it was definitely a reaction against not feeling like I was Incom- being taken seriously like by people of, like who are older than me yeah like, like it's very hard And then you've got
1: people not taking you seriously because they're older than you and people not taking you seriously because you're not from the UK. Yeah. So it kind of doubles up for me.
0: Sure, yeah, no, absolutely. It's an intersection.
1: I've never even thought of it that way. Thank you, Dave.
0: Yeah, no, well, but, you're, but you are managing it. You are dealing with it, I think. You, you, I'm you, trying know. to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll well see good. what comes out of it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're looking to find out where you, where you are, but it's a nice time to be in because you can, yeah. you can look. You've I'm enjoying time.
1: it. I'm enjoying it, <laughs> definitely. It kind of sets you, well, you know, it's like silly complaining about how you have to, you know, work work for money and then work for experience. But it is kind of a hard thing to combine <laughs> right But I'm having a nice holiday this year so it's all good <laughs>
0: well that's right because you are to, you, you know you're doing so much and like you're working for me for free you're doing yeah. the internship I guess that's unpaid oh yes <laughs> and you're working as a, a waiter they pay me yeah they do <laughs> they, they, wow. well that's why you're working as a yeah, waiter you wouldn't definitely. be choosing to do that and then you're doing your schoolwork which you're paying for Because you're a foreign student, so you're paying...
1: No, well, I don't... I get tuition fee loans.
0: Oh, cool. Well, that's good.
1: I don't get maintenance loans, but I get tuition fee loans, so... The government isn't that cruel after all. <laughs> it's but,
0: not too bad. Sure, but you're you're doing lots and lots of jobs, and uh, only yeah. the only, only one of them is paying you. <laughs> yeah. and, and at that one, you're being sort of discriminated against by customers.
1: <laughs> oh, you make it sound so tragic. It's kind of fun. The staff yeah, well, is really good, and we love each say. other, so
0: it's but, fine. But that well yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. You do you 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 do seem to have a very kind of. Uh, close relationship like with your people in your house and with the people it sounds like the people in your job I'm
1: good at having close relationships with people I think you we had
0: that growing up like you know I I don't know how much we've said in this conversation or the last one but you had different like different groups groups, of of support groups where you were and that's a real skill I guess I really
1: really need that I don't know this is how I moved to London I just didn't feel because you know some people escape from things and they move because they hate their life or some, right? You know, they want to change their life because I am they don't like it. With <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I didn't. I completely didn't. I loved my life, and I just, you know, I left, but I didn't leave anything behind. It's just like they were my support, support groups, different groups, but they were my support back home. And I knew I could leave and be here, yeah. and anytime I wanted, I could go back and be just as happy. So that kind of helps. and um, plus creating all those links here as well and kind of yeah having those people here who you know you can count on even though I haven't known them for that long but you know there are people who you just meet and you know
0: (laughs) well you've known them for a year as well yeah yeah almost two well that's the thing and you 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 seem to be like enjoying your life really which is which I'd, what I'd hope for most people. I don't know why I'm saying most people, all people.
1: Uh, not everyone. <laughs> let them suffer. Some artists have to suffer, you know, to create something good.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I don't know. As as, a, as an artist who's sometimes suffered, I'm not sure it's worth the uh, worth the swap. But I do think it's good that you're like, yeah, like. Trying out things and being, you know, relatively happy as happy as people are. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of like, yeah, and like <clears throat> coming to this shared house, like I said in the last one, is, is a bit like walking down memory lane for me. And, uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to sort of like be talking to somebody who's got those kind of things still opening up are you
1: jealous yeah totally
0: <laughs> totally t- totally jealous sure for, for definite I'm always jealous of a like when I was a student I hated being a student I thought I hated being a student like I, I was always railing against the system and the man and the course and like everything about being a student but like looking back it was like the time I was freest in my entire life and yeah I really should have appreciated it more and I did actually uh, appreciate it there were moments when I really did appreciate it, and I'm glad I had those moments. You
1: can always find things to complain about. But yeah, there's no point, really. I don't know. Yeah, that's my uh, that was my newest resolution: not to complain at all. And it kind of it's going well so far. So <laughs> and it does make you much more happier, more happy, much happier when you don't think about stuff that you're unhappy about. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just somehow solves itself always. I don't know, man. I think it depends on what it depends on what your what your stuff is like there are times to not think about stuff that makes you unhappy and there are times when you probably need to work that through so you can change your other behaviors which is in my life's kind of (laughs) process unfortunately but I also do think people can dwell on things too much and you're right we should be grateful we should be like um, acknowledging what's what's good in our lives rather than moaning about what's bad
1: as long as I've got something to look forward to which for now is holiday and then we'll see (laughs) it's all good
0: that's right going all over the place aren't you i think
1: all over the place ish i'm going to poland to a festival then i am going to explore poland for a bit with liam then i'm going to croatia with my parents and then i'm going to lisbon with my friends from uni which is i hope it's going to be fun so you're going
0: to show liam the poland that you know or are you going to go and find new bits
1: no well i really want to take him to krakow because it's the best city and i we kind of, I kind of wanted to take him to Auschwitz, but that might be a bit traumatic. Yeah, that could. But be. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I went to Auschwitz when I was fourteen, and it was horrific. That you need to see it, I think, you just need to see it. Um, yeah, I think everyone should. It kind of changes your perspective for a little bit. Obviously, you forget, but then those images just stay with you. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Apparently, there's schools in Germany where every class has to go to Auschwitz. <laughs> Good yeah, they're, idea.
0: They're they're, they're they're quite big on uh, on making sure everybody fully understands. Yeah. In Germany, I've got quite a few friends who live in Germany and family members who live in Germany. Yeah. The
1: Germany nowadays is a very nice place, I think.
0: Well, yeah. Nowadays, it seems to well certainly uh, it hasn't got anything to complain about. <laughs> yeah. Lucky <coughs> bastard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's funny, really. You know, uh, like they kind of lost the war, but they're kind of they, they, the, the didn't one part <laughs> of of Europe that's okay at the moment.
1: It's well, the Eastern Germany though, they did have it bad. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, but I've then been, again, I mean, I've the seen Western Germany before. pumped two billion euros into the Eastern Germany for them to catch up. They still haven't, but obviously, no one's going to pump that amount of money into any other countries that were, well, you know.
0: Yeah. Although that's the interesting that thing, thing about cool. Berlin, though, because I, I go to Berlin quite a lot, and the, the interesting thing is, it's like a capital city, but it and it's in a wealthy country, but it's actually still like trying to catch it, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half it's like, of it's trying catch to it. catch up, and so that's kind of it's kind of interesting place to go to for that reason. It's like it uh, it's got nice, interesting kind of clashes of kind of history going on still in it, in a actually quite kind of like chilled way. It's kind of I kind like I like Berlin.
1: I've driven through Germany with my dad quite a couple of times and you can just literally see the border. Like Some of the ruins are left there as well, but you can see how the buildings change, how the area just completely changes, and you're like, wow, it's supposed to be one country. Yeah. But you can just, yeah. Yeah. Bastards, those communists (laughs) screwed us all over.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a problem for everybody it was, Uh, but the worst thing about communism, I think, from my point of view, is they kind of, uh, because it kind of was so terrible, it kind of closed a lot of people's minds down to the idea that there's an alternative to capitalism. Yes, uh, yeah. um, like, I don't think communism was good in any way, but I'm not sure it was... The idea was good. I'm not sure it was communism. The the idea was good. I'm not sure it actually was the idea that they had. It was a very, very different thing that actually happened. yeah. Or is happening because I guess we're still communist in China, so like communism in its kind of whatever it is, whether it's true communism or just this terrible thing, is yeah. a bastardisation of some quite good ideas.
1: Oh, I'm reading Brave New World right now.
0: Oh man, that's a book! <laughs> yeah. I love
1: that book. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's that, really just, good. It moves
0: yeah. at a pace that book. Like, that's yeah, you don't even I see I thought, it. oh, it's going to be a classic, so I'm going to be like, I, I hate classics because they're hard to read. But it, that just like, it's not. no, it just flew through. I it. didn't
1: even notice when I went through like eighty pages. I was like, what? <laughs> I just sat down. Yeah,
0: that's a book.
1: <laughs> and I was try- kind of checking the font size, being like, is it really that <laughs> quick? <laughs>
0: So you said you were reading Brave New World. What well, you were linking that? Were you linking that to communism? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Yes. Abs- well, abs- everyone's supposed to be happy, and everyone's supposed to have their own place, and everyone's working, and everyone's, you know.
0: Yeah. No, you're right.
1: That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Well, the th- that's the funny thing about totalitarian sort of regimes, as I'm sure you'll know, uh, coming from a country that's experienced a few, is that they kind of can start from completely different angles but end up in exactly the same place. Yes. It's <laughs> so weird. Uh.
1: Yes, oh, and um, yeah, but then between the wars, pretty much the whole of Europe, apart from Czechoslovakia, I don't know why I know this, yeah. were authoritarian regimes, and people don't seem to remember that because they didn't have the uh, ideology behind them. They were just killing people because they thought they wanted power. So that's probably even worse in a sense. But, yeah, because we had, um, when Poland was reborn as a country, we had a, a leader that everyone kind of loves as a, this massive patriot, but he did have concentration camps for opposition as well. <sighs> but no one seems to remember that. They're just like, no, he well, he did rebuild the country, <laughs> but in what way no one really seems to remember.
0: Or well, people rewrite history. Yeah, Exactly. It's been great getting very acquainted with you twice. <laughs> Yay! And You're very, very yeah, much acquainted I mean, now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my voice was a bit hoarse at the start, but after talking for two hours, uh, I'm losing it completely now. Whoa, Yeah,
1: that went quickly.
0: I know, the second hour went really quickly. <laughs> the first hour seemed like it was days, in a, in a good way. I was enjoying both conversations, but they were both, uh, they were different.
1: I, I wish we had the first one to compare.
0: Yeah, no, well, the first one, it had some really good moments, but the, uh, the audience will just have to not have them. Sorry. Uh, we had them, they were cool. And the last thing I ask people is, do you have anything to plug?
1: I've already plugged Liam, that's yeah. who I want to plug. Liam's great. Liam's great. I can plug my boyfriend's band, they're called Nikita and the Angry Lesbians. Check them out on the SoundCloud. <laughs> Banned anymore, really? Uh, they were, they're
0: still cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, well... If they're there, that was uh, They are on Soundcloud. They, they are on Soundcloud. That's what I always do when my bands end. I, I leave the, the music up for the world. Yeah, it's pretty pointless will everyone Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's been really easy to talk to you. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased about that. I, always get, I, I always get kind of, um, weirdly, I get nervous about talking to young people.
1: I don't <laughs> know why it is.
0: Cause I, it's because when I would, like I was saying, really, when I was young, I was so prickly and, like, so concerned about the fact that I was young and everyone was old and they weren't taking me seriously. <laughs> that I, I don't want to be the person who's not taking somebody seriously, but I'm also really, really hyper-aware of age. Uh, my girlfriend's always having a go at me about it, but, like, I'm really hyper-aware of age. Oh. Like... like not in a bad way like my dad's 89 and I talk to him like I'm talking to you you know like it's, it's not really an issue but at the same time I'm just aware that age is quite significant in how you experience the world
1: of course and I am
0: jealous of uh, <laughs> I am jealous of, uh, of where you're at but I did get to be there myself so I shouldn't really complain you've done it I have
1: now it's my turn <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's right I'm only, te- I'm only you know I'm only 12 years older than you which is that's quite an old child really yeah. <laughs> A 12-year-old's quite an old child. Yeah. The last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience.
1: Goodbye, audience. It's been fun. Twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. Yay! So, me and Eva recorded this conversation earlier this year, and now we're again in the process of preparing for a stand-up tragedy live event in fact it's the last one that we're doing of 2013 it's called tragic christmas it's going to be at the dog star on the 12th of december so if you're listening to this on the day of release that's this thursday which is tomorrow so go come join us Starts at 7.30, you can get tickets from www.standuptragedy.co.uk If you want to get them for a little bit cheaper than on the door, they're £5 in advance, £7 on the door, or £7 and £9 if you want to include the fanzine which we're launching, and that is being run and edited by Liam, who was mentioned quite a lot in this episode. He is launching the first fanzine, he's the editor, he's put it together, I haven't seen it yet, I'm very excited to see the final version, there's some great contributions that we've got in it, and the show itself is going to be brilliant. It's going to be really great, it's It's a big collection of some of our favourite stand-up tragedy acts that we've had over the last two years, so it's a bit of a party in that respect. A lot of the performers have also been on Getting Better Acquainted, so if you listen back you have probably heard a lot of them. We've got amazing comedy, we've got spoken word, we've got music, we've got true storytelling. I'm gonna basically take the audience through my tortured history with Christmas, going through all my tragic events and then hopefully coming out the other side. As we collectively cathartically expel all of our angst and sadness that we have about this emotive time of the year we get all of that out on the 12th of december we finish with the sing-along and then we're perfectly set to go into christmas in a positive way because we've got out all the angst all the tragedy on the 12th of december so if you want to do that come and join us Sing-alongs with the audience and Kit Lovelace on the keyboard. Liam's going to be doing some live art. We've got Beck Hill doing comedy. We've got Felicity Ward, who is our headline act. She's a really great comedian. She's the only act on our bill who hasn't performed with us before. We've got Radcliffe Royds, who's a favourite of many of the listeners to this show. He's going to be telling his true Christmas tragedy. Going to be sharing that with us. We've got Martin Austwick, who is otherwise known as both Martin the Soundman from Answer Me This, if you're a fan of the Answer Me This podcast, but also is known as The Sound of the Ladies, which is his music act, which he's going to be doing, and he's going to be playing some sad Christmas songs. The super Bard plans to write the saddest Christmas story ever told. Lucy Ayrton is going to be writing something new for us as well. She's a brilliant poet. She's been on the show, as of nearly everybody I'm mentioning. Richard Tyrone Jones, who's been on the show many times and is a great spoken word performer and writer. He's going to be giving us his take on the tragedy of Christmas. And we've got Steve Cross, who is going to be doing sort of science engagement comedy even having just one of these people on the bill would be an exciting proposition so come along at the dog star in brixton on the 12th of december and get better acquainted with tragic christmas you can find getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can find it on facebook It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.